hosts a two-day immersive educational event for marketing and sales leaders called Impact Live. But one of my favorite parts about this year's event was that we unveiled Impact's Inbound Manifesto. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you may have heard me reference it from time to time, but the long and short of it is that our Inbound Manifesto is how we, as an organization, define what it means to embrace Inbound. And here's what it says. Inbound is a mindset, a philosophy, and a culture. To be inbound is to be helpful with an obsession with leading others to be successful. When we embrace inbound, we have a positive and lasting impact on the growth of other people, businesses, organizations, our communities, and ourselves. We believe that trust is the most important currency for any business, and that achieving trust requires radical honesty and active transparency. We believe that there's power in community and that collaboration, cooperation, and communication will lift us all up and contribute to mutual understanding and success. We believe that there is always room for growth and education will empower us and those around us to maximize our growth potential. We believe that by doing our best to make people and their organizations successful, we will make the world a better place. We will enrich the lives of those around us We will inspire others to do the same, you know, pay it forward, and we will achieve long-lasting success for ourselves. As a content creator, I immediately gravitated toward the notion of that obsession with being helpful, you know, of educating people and leading others to be successful and helping them grow themselves, their businesses, their organizations, their communities, etc. It was like a light bulb went off in my brain, you know, that in order to create truly remarkable content for marketing, which is what we've all been saying we wanted to do for many, many years now, you just need to go out of your way to be helpful every single time you sit down at a keyboard to write a blog post or sit down at a mic like I am right now to record a podcast. In short, our goal as marketers should always be to create inbound content that's as helpful as possible. Thankfully, I'm obviously not alone in embracing this idea of creating the most helpful inbound content out there, but recently a listener sent me an email with this question. I totally agree with the fact that I need to be creating inbound content that's helpful, but what does helpful content actually look like? And what should I be doing to make sure that I'm creating content that is, in fact, helpful for the people I'm trying to reach? I love this question so much because it's one thing to say you're being helpful in your content, but actually putting it into practice can be a whole other matter. While there's no single example I can point to in the inbound universe of the most perfect piece of helpful inbound content ever in space and time, etc., I can tell you what you should be doing in every single piece of content you create so you can rest easy knowing that you are, in fact, being as helpful as possible or getting pretty darn close to it. So that's what this episode is all about today. There's no guest. It's just me flying solo, sharing with you the five things you can do to guarantee you're creating absurdly helpful content. All right, ready? Let's go. One of the first things people always ask me when we work on a piece of content together is the following. Okay, well, how long should it be? You know, there's a lot of benchmark data out there that talks about content length performance, and even SEMrush has this insanely amazing content strategy tool that will make a length recommendation based on the keyword that you're targeting. 
But the first rule of creating absurdly helpful content is this. I want you to put word count completely out of your mind. Don't stress about it. Don't think about it. Completely ignore it. Instead, when you sit down to write your next blog post, I want you to do the following. Ignore word counts and just write until you're done. That's it. I started using this trick with myself a while ago because back in school, I would go into an assignment with the mindset of, oh my God, I have to write like 800 words on Chaucer. And how am I going to write so many words? That's like 799 too many words. But when I would mentally put the word count out of my mind and instead just focused on answering the question or addressing the topic right in front of me as thoroughly as possible... I noticed that I not only was less stressed or focused on writing enough words, which took away a lot of the pain of writing, I was also creating better quality content as a result because just being thorough and focusing on the task at hand instead of the structure and the framework around it was my sole focus. So now when I write, I rarely think too hard about word count. I may check in just for curiosity's sake to see where I clock in once I hit publish on something, but so far I've never written anything that ended up being too short or too long from a substance standpoint. So seriously, next time you write, just put it out of your brain. Write until you're done, and that's it. Next, don't be a politician. And by that, I mean don't answer their question or address a topic by doing either of these two things. Answering a different question that you prefer answering, which is annoying, or providing half answers or only answers that make you look good. Here's the deal. If you want to be considered the best educators in your space and trusted by your audience, that means you need to provide insights that are always the following three things. You are providing content that is accurate, that is thorough, and is honest. Sometimes that may mean being candid about times you failed or when your service or product isn't the right choice for somebody. But those are the moments where you build trust with your audience. And as we talked about before, the most important currency for any business is trust. Sometimes that may mean being candid about times you failed or where your service or product isn't the right choice for somebody. That's okay. If we can all agree that the most important currency for any business is trust, that means you're going to have to have those radically honest and candid moments with your audience. You're going to have to show and demonstrate transparency and a willingness to give the correct answer, even if it's a disservice to yourself in some way. Plus, it's not like they're not going to find out later that you aren't the right fit for them either by going to a more reliable and trustworthy source or by being let down by you later when they stumble upon a piece of information you didn't tell them in the first place. So don't be that guy. All right, third, tell them why. If you're writing a how-to article, don't just tell them what they need to do and how. Tell them why each step matters. Tell them why the process matters. If you're giving a list of interview questions to ask someone, Don't just write out the question. Tell them why each question is important or was selected and what it tells them. If you're writing a comparison article, let's just say, for example, Law & Order Original versus Law & Order SVU. 
don't just explain as fact that Law and Order, the original, is a far superior show from an acting, writing, and overall awesomeness perspective. For each pro or con, explain why they are or are not better. Why is the writing better? Why is the acting better? Why is Jack McCoy the greatest TV lawyer who has ever been on my television screen? When it comes to how-to articles and comparison articles and lists that fail me, this is usually the culprit. So get specific. Tell people why whenever possible. Help them create those connections. Provide context whenever you're teaching them how to do something or explaining any concepts or ideas or connections that are new to them. All right. Next on deck, provide examples. I know this sounds like an obvious one, but it's so often overlooked that it's worth mentioning. Let's say you're writing an article that's all about how to execute a particular process. For instance, I just recently finished writing a long form pillar piece of content on how to write a content style guide for your business, and it's going to be published next week. While I had more than enough content ground to cover in just writing down and explaining the process, I realized that in order to be extra super duper helpful, I had to take my pillar a step further by showcasing different examples of what a content style guide might look like. Because in reality, content style guides serve a uniform and universal purpose, but the application and what the final deliverable actually looks like ends up usually being unique to the needs of the business and how it's going to be used and by whom. So before I even got to writing out the process piece, I spent a couple of chapters on what a content style guide is, why it matters, and why it's so important for businesses to have one. And then I went into contextual visual examples from a bunch of different places and showed them what different content style guides could look like and why certain choices were made. So that way, when they went into the process to build a content style guide for themselves, they had some visual examples across a wide range of industries that would help them create the best content style guide for themselves. Or let's say you're writing up a handful of best practices, right? Those are really common articles I see out there. Um, We could use a marketing example like landing page best practices. You could write up all of the individual best practices, explain what it is, why it's an important best practice. And then for each best practice, you could find a landing page, include a screenshot or an animated GIF of you navigating through the page that best embodies that particular best practice. So you're not only telling them what that is, you're giving them a contextual example that helps them more easily put it into practice for themselves. This is hands down one of the easiest ways to transform a piece of pretty good content to an amazing piece of content. So if you're sitting there saying, well, I followed the first rule and I wrote until I was done, but this still feels a little weak, go back and see if there are places where you can put in visual examples and then explain why you chose that example, what they're doing well, and what people can take away from it. Finally, It's all about your mindset. You're always going to look back on a piece of content a day, a week, a month, a year later, and find endless ways to improve and iterate upon it. But that is not a sign that you failed at creating a piece of helpful content. 
Your litmus test for success should never be whether or not you can go back and not have to make any improvements later, but rather that you can answer yes to the following question. When I sat down and recorded this podcast, wrote this article, did whatever, did I genuinely try to be as helpful as possible? If you can answer yes to that, that's all you need to do. Sit down with that mental posture of someone who wants to help others be successful, who only wins when other people win. You'll be surprised at how much better and more helpful your content will be by simply flipping that switch in your mind. All right, I think that's enough content goodness for today. If you want to connect with me, whether you have questions, concerns, grievances, feedback, uh, you can always find me at NaptownPint on Twitter and Instagram. But otherwise, I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>